This is a Hog Sports Network podcast. You're listening to the Whole Hog Football Podcast, bringing you the latest news, analysis, and more. Here's your host, Matt Jones, with Scotty Bordelon of the Hog Sports Network and wholehogsports.com. Another close loss for Arkansas, 24 to 21 to Alabama. They're really starting to add up. The four losses during this five-game win streak by one possession. The Razorbacks, of course, lost by a field goal to LSU as well, lost by a touchdown against BYU, lost by a touchdown against Ole Miss. And, you know, this is a pattern, it feels like, for Arkansas. You go back to last season, and in their last 17 games, they have played nine one-possession games, and they're one and eight. In that time, you had the close losses last year to LSU, had the loss to A&M, to Liberty. Uh, I mean, you go on and on down the list. The only win during that time was Kansas, and we know how close the Razorbacks came to coughing that game up uh, in the Liberty Bowl. So certainly the one possession losses are something that they've got to figure out a way to play better in tight games. They're not playing well enough in tight games. And if they did, they'd be in a lot better boat than they are right now being two and five going into the final five games of the season, needing to win pretty much out to get to a bowl game in their fourth year under Sam Pittman. Uh, I'm Matt Jones with, with Scotty Bordelon. Arkansas, Alabama, I thought played out a lot like Arkansas Ole Miss. I know against Ole Miss, Arkansas had a little bit more offensive success early in the game than they did against Alabama. But, you know, just in, in terms of they get behind by double digits, they kind of put together two or three pretty good drives middle to late second half or, or midway through the second half, late third quarter, early fourth quarter. And then they're unable to, you know, come up with the big play when they've got the ball with possession and a chance to take the lead. And I just feel like this is a pattern, Scotty, that, uh, that they've got to figure a way to get out of. I know the, the the schedule gets easier on the back end than it has been over the past, you know, four weeks. But this is this has been a, a season-long trend for this team. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is they're just not exactly playing complimentary football. And I think Sam mentioned that it's at some points last season when things were going going poorly, and then when they when things would go well, it was because they were playing complimentary football. It's you know your defense is playing well um, in the first quarter you know, through about almost 14 minutes and your offense is, you know, putting drives together, but they're not able to, to punch it into the end zone for, for seven. Mm -hmm. And all it took was, I was watching the game uh, at the house with my dad and he's like, you know, all it takes, all it's going to take is one play and Alabama is going to be, you know, potentially, potentially back in the lead or or take the lead. And they did it. Um, Arkansas pretty much controlled the first quarter. Uh, until the last minute and and then Arkansas's offense in the second quarter completely fell asleep Um, I think there was a stretch between the second and third quarters where Arkansas had six series and five of them were three and outs and another one was a two-play end of half series and that's not helping your defense out very much and the main takeaway I had uh, after the game Saturday was the defense is giving you a chance to win At, at a certain point the offense has to you know kind of pull its weight a little bit too they did find some life late in that game and I think KJ um, you know as he's been known to do at times in his career has just kind of willed the offense down the field whether it's you know slinging a defender uh, off of him like Nick Saban said like a uh, a fly on a cow's ass like he just <laughs> threw the guy threw the guy off of him 
Um, kind of similar to what Jalen Hurts did uh, in the in the Philly Jets game on yeah, Sunday. Yesterday. It was a yep. really similar play. Um, but yeah, the the defense I think has given you a chance. I think Travis Williams and his defensive staff deserve a lot of credit for the way that they've played the last couple weeks. Like limiting Ole Miss to to twenty seven at home is is solid. Limiting Alabama, even though it's not a you know a, one of Nick Saban's best offenses, limiting them to to twenty four. I mean, you feel like you've got every chance to to win that game. All, all it took was one drive. All it would have taken was one drive. I feel like from Arkansas. Um, you know, you go down and score and get points late in that game. You feel pretty good about your defense, given given what it's shown you that day. But the offense just doesn't seem like it can get out of its way more often than not. They didn't have Rocket again, I think, for the fourth time this year. Your most productive back is A.J. Green, but he gets six carries, even though he's averaging seven yards a pop. Um, Tyrone Broden had kind of a, a, poor, a really bad drop on the first series of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, made Arkansas punt the ball away. That was – I was thinking the whole time, I was like, man, KJ's got – that's the best protection maybe he's had all year. And then on third down throw, plenty enough yardage to to move the chains and you end up having to punt the ball away. Offense at, at some point has got to to figure out a way to, to help the defense out now. And the defense is playing well, and they didn't even have Chris Paul and potentially your best cornerback in Jalen Braxton, a true freshman. Um, but I think there's some guys stepping up on defense. It's just it, – I'm not alone in this and saying that the offense has, has got to pick it up big time. The defensive efficiency ratings that we do has got Arkansas very high in the SEC. They're number five. Uh, the only defenses that, that we have ahead of them are Alabama, Texas A&M, who is well ahead of everybody else. And then you got Georgia and you got Tennessee. Arkansas playing really well defensively. I think at least in SEC games, the only time Alabama had a least efficient game uh, was against Texas A&M, who, like we just mentioned, great defense. And so the defense is playing winning football. I think the special teams is playing winning football. Max Fletcher had a a, a big day down at Alabama, uh, the best day that he's had punting the ball. Of course, little. It feels like anytime you're within about 55 yards, uh, you got a chance for him to make a field goal. So, uh, you know, those two elements are, are playing well. It's just the offense has got to get better. Now, all of that said, I think back to a quote that Tim Corbin, the Vanderbilt baseball coach, gave me uh, before their series this year against Arkansas. Uh, Vanderbilt had just gotten beaten by Florida the week before. And he said, you know, sometimes people will look at this like we're not playing well. He said, when in reality, you've got another force working against you you've got a resistance and the resistance is the other team and they might be playing well and I say all that to say Alabama defensively is playing really really well this year Uh, I don't know that people quite understand how good this Alabama defense is you know because they lost some of their big players last year like Will Anderson but they've had other guys step up whether it be Dallas Turner who had the big sack that uh, you know more or less ended the game the other day he gets a sack on third down and Arkansas punts it away and they never get the ball back and they've got some other playmakers who are, who are doing well defensively. And so you look at the numbers, Arkansas's offense had the best day against Alabama's defense of an SEC team this year. A&M didn't do well. Ole Miss didn't do well. Mississippi State didn't do well. Arkansas didn't do well, but they did better than the other teams. And so I think that you know there's a little bit of an appreciation that you have to give Alabama defensively for making things difficult on Arkansas. Definitely. And I think we kind of went into the weekend thinking that's what Alabama was going to do. Like that's, that's kind of what Alabama's MO is. They make things difficult on 
opposing offenses, especially when they're they're playing at home. And what was the stat that Nick Saban hasn't lost a game at home in October? Yeah, 32-0. Um, I mean, th- they're at the point in the season where I think Alabama defensively is figuring some things out um, as opposed to maybe what you saw against Texas early in the year. It's a really good defense. And I, w- I would – I'll say this too. I think Arkansas's offense, even though it didn't play particularly well, played better than I thought it was going to, if that makes sense. Like you come out of the Ole Miss game and you put up not nearly as many points as, as you were expecting going into that. And then you go into Alabama and we all know Alabama's defense is, is a lot better than Ole Miss has or Ole Miss's is. Um, I wasn't really expecting a whole lot. I think my prediction on the board was like something like 31 to six or 31 to seven. Hmm. Um, I thought it was going to hold up for a while. Um, I figured Arkansas might be able to move the ball a few times to get into Cam Little's range. And Cam Little, again, it's just he's he's so locked in right now, and it's a great weapon to have. But I think, obviously, we would much rather – a lot of people would much rather see him on the field just for PATs hmm. and kickoffs, you know. Um, yeah, I think there was some good that came out of the game offensively. I mean – AJ Green, I think, needs more touches, and I'm not sure why he didn't get more. Um, he had one touch, he had one carry in the first half, and I think he had two carries of 10 plus yards and three of at least seven or more. Um, and Rashad Dubinian just he couldn't get it going. And I've, I've, I've long said that he may have the most wiggle on the team of, of anybody in that running back room, but they bottled Alabama bottled him up pretty good. And I think we saw KJ really stretch his legs in the run game. Um, a couple of times. I think he had a couple 20 yard runs. We don't, we haven't really seen just a whole lot of that. Mm-mm. I think Arkansas needs more of that from him um, just to kind of make this offense flow a little bit better. Cause it, it almost seems like they're just kind of beating their head against the wall. A lot of times, like trying to make this work or make that work when, you know, you, you've got a guy that's got the ball in his hands, every play that, that can make things happen. Um, it's just a matter of, I don't know if it's a matter of letting him do it or, or what, but um yeah, I mean they played it. They played a clean game. I mean, I think you only had two penalties, and the game didn't turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. Um, you did the things that you that we wrote about in the keys, and it's pretty obvious going into a game against Alabama that you have to do. They did it, but there was just the lack of like a final drive, like a final punch, um, and Arkansas just can't can't deliver it right now. It's 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 kind of it's it's got to be frustrating for Sam because he knows his defense is playing really well, giving him a chance to win. But the, but the offense, I, I know I always keep coming back to the offense, but um, it's just, it's pretty frustrating to watch sometimes. Or an early punch. They haven't heard an early punch in their last three games. A uh, and Ole Miss and Alabama, they've had less than 130 yards at halftime offensively. That, that doesn't cut it. I mean, you got to get off to good starts against good teams and not let them settle in. And, and they've just, they haven't made it difficult enough Outside of that first drive touchdown against Ole Miss, they haven't made it difficult enough on these last three teams. No, they really haven't. And I was looking at the drive. I'm looking at the drive chart right now. Twelve drives total for the game had six three and outs, and I mentioned that stretch in the middle part of the game. But you come out and Broden drops the third down ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it. I thought it was. It showed a little bit of resilience from the offense. That can be kind of an early gut punch. Like you feel like. If he catches that pass, we might be able to sustain something here. Instead, you're off the field, and then you come back and you put together a seven-play drive. Doesn't really, 
I mean, you get a field goal out of it. He didn't really move the ball. I think just 27 yards. Um, but they did it again with an eight-play, 49-yard drive after that. You're feeling like this offense may have something. Um, and then it just completely fell asleep. And I don't – I guess credit to, to Alabama's defense. They made some – apparently made some really good in-game adjustments uh, to slow Arkansas's offense. But, um, yeah, I just keep going back to to KJ kind of willing the willing those last two touchdown drives. Um, and I, maybe that's – Maybe you can bottle that and take it into this week, knowing that, you know, Mississippi State's not the not the defensive force that that Alabama is. Um, but again, it, I think it's going to take continued improvement in terms of protection. Um, I think what they gave up four sacks the other day, better than the thing they've done the last couple of weeks. But yeah. still, some of those sacks were were at inopportune times, obviously. Um, maybe it's something to build on. I don't know, but I know the the defensive performance and and what you got from Cam Little and, and Max Fletcher was was definitely a plus. I feel like playing Mississippi State this week from a defensive standpoint, it's kind of like when you go running with a weight vest on, you know, and then you take it off. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, this feels so much. I mean, it's yeah. You, you look at the types of defenses that they played the last few weeks. Uh, Ole Miss, they're they're kind of middle of the pack, but you know, obviously A and M and Alabama are two of the three best, if, if not the two best defenses in the league, Georgia could, could have something to say about that, but they're really good. Both of those teams are really good. Mississippi State, not good defensively. Uh, they've given up 118 points and 30 possessions of SEC play this year against LSU, Alabama, and South Carolina. South Carolina's offense hasn't done, you know, they, they've been real kind of hit and miss. They, they had a good night the other night against uh, Florida, although they couldn't capitalize at the end. But what I'm saying here is that Mississippi State defensively, this has got the feel of a get-right game for Arkansas. You get Mississippi State, you're back at home, you've got the off week coming, and you know maybe you're able to get a little bit of momentum going into the back half of the schedule because I see some winnable games for Arkansas on the back half of the schedule. Obviously, FIU. I think Mississippi State is winnable. I think Auburn is winnable. Auburn, very similar to Mississippi State in that its defense is not playing real well. And then on top of that, they can't score. Their their offense is easily the worst in the SEC right now. And so, you know, depending on what happens at Florida, I could see a scenario where Arkansas gets into the Missouri game, you know, being five and six with a chance of going to a bowl. And I feel like at this point in the season, you got to have something to hang on to so that you just don't completely fall apart. And that's been one of the things I've been impressed with Arkansas you know, it'd be really easy during a long losing streak like this just to totally let go and have a clunker. I mean, we saw it in the the final year of Chad Morris's uh, time here where, I mean, there, there's no reason you're losing 35 to 7 to Western Kentucky at halftime or 38 to 7 to Mississippi State at halftime or whatever the scores were. I think I've got those right. You know, th- that team was disinterested. We haven't seen it with this team. And so I, I feel like there's still maybe – you know, if you're looking for a glimmer of hope for this season, I feel like you can find one there and that this team still seems invested in what it's doing. And now you go into a, a portion of the schedule where it feels a lot more manageable than the last four weeks that they're just stepping out of. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I keep, I feel like this is a praise the defense, hammer the offense type thing, but um, a lot of confidence has got to come out of that Alabama game for you defensively. And I think if you want to pinpoint some individuals, I mean, Landon Jackson played the game of his career the other day. And I wrote about it in the keys uh, on th- last Thursday. 
you know, Alabama was a little bit weak at left tackle. And I kind of wrote that note centered around Trajan Jeffcoat because he was coming off maybe his best game at Arkansas against Ole Miss. Um, and now you've, I guess you've seen back-to-back weeks now, you know, Arkansas's defensive ends, like the the guys that you really count on to kind of wreak some havoc have have done that. Um, Landon Jackson, I think he had led them and led Arkansas in tackles the other day at three and a half sacks. That's really, really good production. I think I wrote in my takeaways, it was the kind of game even though Alabama's left tackle spot, I think might be their their biggest weakness up front. That was the kind of performance I think gets you noticed and, and you know, can lead to a, a big payday down the line. He looked really good. Uh, I think he's up to 30 tackles now at his defensive end spot, which really, really good. I think he's over 10 and a half, uh, over 10, and a half, 10 tackles for loss now. So I think he's being that kind of, I don't want to say game record, but he's a guy that can make a difference for you in a game. And Jaheim Thomas keeps bringing it every week. It doesn't really matter who is lined up beside him at linebacker. He's going to make plays. Nike had a, an early stop uh, maybe on Alabama's first series where it looked like Jalen Milrow had plenty of space to run out in front of him, but he was able to trip him up and, and get him down. Um, helped Alabama have to punt on that first drive. And I think Antonio Greer kind of – I think he played pretty well the other day, maybe seven tackles. Um I think depth at linebacker is a big key because Chris Paul hasn't been able to stay healthy this year. So you need maybe that third guy uh, like Chris Paul was for Bumper Pool and Drew Sanders last year. Maybe Antonio Greer can be that. Um, you know, outside of like the coverage bus in the secondary, I mean, I didn't. I don't really have a whole lot to, to gripe about with the defense. I mean, there were some unfortunate um, maybe missed assignments or whatever on some third and long situations in the past game. Um Gave up some some big plays, some some chunk plays. I know I think Milrow averaged almost twenty four yards of completion the other day, which not great, obviously. Um, but I think there's a lot to take away defensively going into a game where you're back at home. Finally, I think that might energize this team a little bit um, because they're playing really well defensively. I feel like on the road, and you can't really get a sense for maybe how well you're playing because the home crowd will let you know when you're playing really well defensively, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So you come home and if you can sustain maybe that level of play, um, maybe you could give a shot in the arm to the, to the whole team. Um, maybe just energize this team. Cause I think the defensive side of the ball right now is carrying the team, even though they're losing, they're still carrying the team, um, giving them a chance to win. Like I just keep, keep coming back to that. I've been, Really impressed with the work that that Travis Williams has has done to this point. I think he's he's implemented some really good game plans to um, to keep Arkansas within within striking distance. Yeah, I mean, we thought the defense was going to be the liability for Arkansas this year, and, and that's been the team's strength. And I think that may be one of the biggest surprises of the year. Uh, the Whole Hog Football Podcast is sponsored by Kendall King Design Display Signage. KendallKing.com. That's K-E-N-D-A-L. K-I-N-G.com. The Kindle King Group family of companies plays to win, just like our hogs. We know how demanding retail marketing is today. From digital omni-channel creative services, through in-store signing and displays, and finally to social influence, we've got you covered. Our KKG Inc. family of companies, Kindle King, Shopcart Creative, and Soapbox Influence are winning with multiple retailers and brands. We play to win and we'll be a winning partner for all your retail marketing service needs. Go Hogs! 
Take a look back around the SEC last week, and, and this was the first week, Scotty, that we tried these efficiency ratings, and I was shocked at how accurate they were on some of these games. They they said that Arkansas-Alabama was going to be closer than Vegas said it was. Uh, Vegas had it as a 19-point line. It was a three-point game, uh, and they said Georgia-Vanderbilt was going to be a lot closer than Vegas did. Vegas had a 32-point line. That ends up being a 17-point game. And the ratings almost got that score exactly right. The ratings had it 35-19. It ends up being 37-20. This has become a total obsession for me now, crunching these numbers week to week. It's it's really fascinating to see how close they get the games. Yeah, I was not buying the the line on the Georgia-Vanderbilt game, but I guess you might be on to something with that. Um, it seemed like a game for Georgia where – Maybe they were still riding a little bit high coming off of the the blowout over Kentucky. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, Vanderbilt Vanderbilt can Vanderbilt can give you a game at home. I mean, it might not might not turn out to be, you know, a Vanderbilt win by any means, but I remember what was it last year they won back to back conference games at home. Uh, I remember they beat Florida. I think they can be a little bit pesky at home. Um, maybe mm-hmm. play above their talent level a little bit. Um, the Tennessee-Texas A&M game was kind of seemed to me like a little bit of a throwback where it's just two really, really good defenses. I feel like just taking advantage of m- mistakes and really low scoring, and it mm-hmm. really came down to to one possession and maybe who had the better quarterback. And Max Johnson gave up a, a pick late in that game that, that kind of sealed it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, you might be onto something with with those ratings. Uh, I'm curious how the the LSU Auburn game. Um, what was the line on on that LSU Auburn game with your with your efficiency ratings? Yeah, it, it was a 12 point LSU win, and I, I always felt like that was way too close, just because of Auburn's yeah. offensive inefficiency. I mean, Auburn went into that. I had them with a 149 offensive efficiency rating, which basically what that means is that out of all of their potential points, they could have scored offensively. They'd only scored 14.9% of those. And so they're not scoring at a very high rate. They were able to score a little bit more against LSU. Now, granted, we know what LSU's defense is. It's it's one of the worst in the league. But Auburn's still just scoring at 18% of the potential points that it could score. Uh, the thing that impressed me there, though, and the other thing that I thought, the, the reason I felt like 12 points was way too close is because of how dadgum good LSU's offense is. Yeah. Um, I think I would vote Jaden Daniels for the Heisman Trophy right now. Um, he is incredible. It's like watching Lamar Jackson all over again when he was at Louisville. And you look at LSU. I wrote this yesterday. They went into the weekend with a 565 offensive efficiency. So, so think about like a batting. Uh, think about it in batting average. If a hitter goes into a weekend and they're hitting 565, and then they come out of that weekend and they're hitting 588, well, think about how highly they have to have uh, played or you know, the level that they would have had to hit at to raise a 565 batting average by 23 points in a weekend. That's what LSU's offense did. They had the most efficient offensive game of the season against Auburn the other night. They scored eight times in 10 possessions. They had six touchdowns and two field goals. The only two times that they had to give the ball away, one time was an interception and the other time was a punt. And that offense is playing at such a high level right now that, you know, when I look at Alabama, I think Alabama will probably run the table in the SEC 
but I think LSU is the one team that might be able to beat Alabama just because of how efficiently its offense is playing. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And it's crazy to look at this box score from the Auburn LSU game and see the LSU put up 48 points and Brian Thomas, who I think he might be their second best receiver uh, and a really talented receiver. And he had two catches for seven yards. I mean, they've got so many weapons uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Like Kyron Lacey's a guy that I don't think we re- I really wrote about in the keys. Like, as I think Arkansas was playing um, LSU the week after LSU went down and dismantled Mississippi State, and Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas were just catching any and everything for for touchdowns. It seemed like, and Kyron Lacey has a hundred yard game the other day. Uh, so many weapons on that that offense are so talented, and I think yeah, you're right. Like I don't think I don't know that there's a more talented guy in the league uh, on the offensive side of the ball than Jaden Daniels. He's just mm-hmm. he's so impressive, and he, you know he throws for 303 touchdowns, and then he almost ran for 102. Like I just I don't I don't really know how how you stop that. It might take it might take Georgia defense from previous years to to slow a guy like that down. Or maybe the A and M defense that could be a really could be yeah that, that'll be a fascinating game watch at the end of the year if if you know everybody's healthy Daniels against the A and M defense because A and M defensively what they are doing is comparable to what LSU is doing offensively you look at them they've got a one sixty one defensive efficiency rating the next closest is Alabama at two twenty one again that means that A and M is only allowing sixteen percent of the possible points that its opponents. Uh, could could score and AM's got three of the four lowest defensive efficiencies this season in the SEC uh, against Auburn where they allowed three points in 11 possessions against Arkansas where, where they allowed 13 points in 13 possessions remember Arkansas had a defensive touchdown and then against Tennessee the other day 13 points in I believe it was 11 possessions in that game uh, the big thing in that game was that Tennessee had a punt return for a touchdown. And this is where it can kind of get kind of tricky with these ratings, because if you get a non-offensive touchdown, then it starts to throw everything into a little bit or throw a wrench into everything where mm-hmm. it makes it a little bit more, you know, unpredictable. But I thought the ratings had that game pegged, you know, Vegas had the over underline at 55 and we had it at 38 originally recalculated that came up with 44 it just kept feeling like it was going to be a much lower scoring game than other people uh, were giving it credit for and I think a lot of that has to do because Texas A&M's defense is is really really good right now yeah it it seems to me like they have all the pieces that they need except for the quarterback position right yeah, their like, offense it, is it's, bad I mean it, yeah. it's number 13 in the SEC yeah I mean you got Evan Stewart and Anaya Smith and solid run game and um, not really, not super knowledgeable <laughs> about A and M's offensive line. Um, but it it it's got to be frustrating if you're if you're A and M. Um, you feel like you had the quarterback in the preseason that could help you maybe contend for a division title, and he gets mm-hmm. hurt early. Um, and now it, I hate throwing like you. I kind of hate throwing the game manager term around with Max Johnson because uh, sometimes he can show you that he's more than that. Like he did against Arkansas, could have been a product of what Arkansas was doing. He's just day. not a playmaker. But he's not. Yeah, he's not really like that big time playmaker that that you feel like you need to to potentially you know get to a title game. Real quick, we'll talk about Arkansas's numbers on here. Arkansas defensively. Uh, fifth in the SEC, 349 efficiency ratings. Like I said, the only ones ahead of them are A&M, Bama, Georgia, Tennessee. 
Tennessee a little bit of a surprise to see in there defensively, but yeah. you know, playing A and M gives you a little <laughs> bit of a boost. A yeah, and then uh, offensively, Arkansas number ten, and people might say, are there really four worst offenses in the SEC than Arkansas? Well, I mean, the the numbers say Mississippi State is worse. You're going to see a couple worse. of them in the next few weeks. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, I mean, you got Mississippi State and Auburn. Vanderbilt's worse. They had A and M. I mean, think about the Arkansas A and M game. It wasn't like AM's offense made just a whole lot more plays than Arkansas. It's yeah. that you had AM made two big non offensive plays with the punt return and the interception return for touchdowns. And that was kind of the difference in the game. Yeah, for sure. I, can, I mean, I even came out of the Arkansas AM game thinking Arkansas's defense didn't play that bad. Um, it's a tipped pass at the line of scrimmage that gets picked and maybe Max Fletcher out kicking his coverage. Um, and then Arkansas, obviously, their punt coverage wasn't great, even though he outkicked the coverage. You still got to bring the guy down. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm not surprised to see Arkansas's offense where it is in those efficiency ratings. And I think I think really on both sides of the ball, I think I think what we're seeing kind of matches definitely matches your, the numbers that you have. Mm-hmm. Two more thoughts before we get out here on these efficiency ratings. Georgia's offense is really picking up steam the last mm-hmm. two weeks. Uh, they've had two of the five best efficiency. Uh, games offensively in SEC play and Missouri looks really dadgum good yeah I mean, they do I I was not buying Missouri for a little while now I look at Missouri like a cheap stock that you can buy and it's got a pretty good short-term uh profitability yeah and maybe you dump it before next season you know what I mean because I don't think it can stay high for for too long under Drinkwitz but I think they're really good this year I mean, they're trending this year, I think, toward being a nine or a 10 win team in the regular season. I don't think they'll beat Georgia, but I think they'll be favored to play in every other game uh, or favored in every other game that they play, including Arkansas. And it really puts, I think, for Arkansas, it it kind of puts the pressure on them to play really well for the next four weeks. The three home games that lead up to Missouri and then the game at Florida, because I I don't see Arkansas being able to hang with Missouri just based on what we've seen so far. Yeah, their offense is super impressive, and I think oh, that I think receivers might... that, that receivers Luther Burden, Luther yeah. Burden, yeah, he's yeah he's phenomenal. Um, I watched a lot of LSU a couple weekends ago, or watched a lot of Missouri when they played LSU a couple weeks ago. That offense, when it's humming, is really really hard to stop, and they get you with tempo. And it's I would imagine as a as a defender, you're just sucking wind <laughs> pretty much the whole time. And then cornerbacks obviously have a, a difficult time with Luther Burden. Um, I think Missouri might be able to give depend. I don't know where the game is with Georgia. Do you know where the game is against Georgia? I think that might be in Columbia this year. If it's in Columbia, I think they've got a sh- decent shot. And I think some of it depends on, are they able to, will, will they potentially be able to get pressure on? Um, it's in Athens. It's in Athens. Yeah. Okay. Well, never mind. Um, <laughs> they still might be able to put up some points in that game. I mean, that's a, that's a really, really good offense. I think, Obviously, we'll have to keep an eye on what um, Brock Bowers' injury status is. Him leaving mm-hmm. the game the other day mm-hmm. could have been precautionary because you don't have to have him. Well, to, I saw this to, morning. To I think he's going to miss some time. Is he? Yeah. Well, that's, I think, something definitely to keep an eye on. And from from like an Arkansas perspective, I think I wrote on the message board over the weekend, I think somebody started a thread about Arkansas has got to win four of its next five to get to, to bowl eligibility. And I think the big one, obviously – is the game at Florida as your mm-hmm. last remaining road game. But I, I wrote on the board, I said, I think Missouri at home is the toughest game that you've, you've got left. Yeah. 
Um, and that's saying something because Florida just went to South Carolina and won. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not going to be easy for Arkansas down the stretch by, by any means, but there are some winnable games because Mississippi state doesn't really inspire a whole lot of confidence in their fans. I would imagine on, on either side of the ball No, and, um, Auburn's probably in that, in that same boat too. Same boat too. Yeah. You know, Mississippi state coming off the bye week that, that has a little bit of an intrigue, but, uh, Missouri, remember they played at Georgia real tight, almost beat them last year in Columbia. And I think that was the game where Bowers had a huge fourth quarter and, and helped. I feel like two Georgia years ago, Missouri should have beaten Georgia in Columbia. Maybe it was, was last, year. last year. Yeah, it was last, last year's year? game. Yeah. Should have won that game. Yep. Yep. That's right. And then Missouri, they get to play South Carolina, Tennessee, and Florida all at home before they come to Fayetteville. So uh, one of the things I, I ran the numbers here, Arkansas, based on these efficiency ratings, is going to finish two and two in conference play. It mm-hmm. likes Florida by five. It likes Missouri by seven. It likes Arkansas by seven over Mississippi State. It likes Arkansas by eight over Auburn. Yeah, take that for what it's worth. Don't know. But uh, it's just kind of fun to to look at these numbers and and see what kind of game you might get. I feel like it, it hit a lot of times last week. And so uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what it's going to say this week for the Razorbacks. As they play Mississippi State, the game's going to be 11 o'clock Saturday morning on ESPN. Come back uh, to Whole Hog Sports throughout the week. Uh, to read not only our football coverage, but uh, Scotty and Bob Holt and Ethan Westerman are all on their way to Birmingham this week for SEC basketball media days. And we'll have a lot of content from there. Uh, we've got a basketball exhibition game coming up Friday night against Texas Tyler at Bud Walton Arena. So our, our basketball coverage is, is really starting to ramp up this week uh, on our website. And I know our basketball podcast is going to launch here before too long. You can find that on the same channel that you find our football podcasts on. We're back with another whole hog football podcast on Thursday to look a little bit closer at Arkansas and Mississippi state until then for Scotty Bordelon, I'm Matt Jones. We appreciate you for joining us. The proceeding has been a production of the hog sports network. Look for our daily podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. For more Razorbacks coverage, go to wholehogsports.com or follow the hog sports network reporters on social media. 